Hi, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion together. Real quick, for those of you listening on audio, I am checking the Nihilo box to see if any universes or one measly planet, perhaps an Oprah or a Justin Bieber, has self-generated out of the nothingness within the Nihilo box. And uh, the answer is no, gang, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. We'll keep monitoring the situation. A common critique of Christian thought is what's called the problem of evil or theodicy. In yesterday's devotion, we looked at the book of Job for a biblical explanation for why bad things happen. It's the scandal of the millennia that God would get blamed for what the devil did. If you, as a Christian apologist, are confronted with this explanation, yeah, but why do bad things happen? Why do, why do three-year-old girls get cancer? Why do people who are good and never cheat on their taxes uh, get audited and, and get ripped off? And like, why, why do people come under attack? There's actually clear biblical explanations for this. That question presupposes evil were a problem for Christianity when it is not. When in fact, the Christian worldview does the best job of any worldview in accounting for the evil that we experience, the trials that we face, and the attacks that we endure. You can share it with them, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, as just one example. All right, here it is. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. This is all on the heels of a recitation in the text of Proverbs 3.34, that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. All right, that's, that obviously is very humbling. And it's, it's the humble yourselves, therefore, that's where the therefore comes from. Earlier in chapter 5, he just recited the proverb, and now the takeaway is, so humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. This passage is great at explaining the heart of God towards us when we suffer and even explaining why we suffer. That We have an enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour that evil exists in this world. It's not unaccounted for within Christianity. It's actually accounted for best within the word of God. As you practice apologetics, keep the authority of the Bible central to everything that you argue. Remember, it's not sufficient to create creationists of all nations, to create deists of all nations. It's not sufficient to just argue against pagan faith systems. We're not out there to bring people one foot closer to the lifeboat. We wanna bring them in. I think apologetics is best practiced in the context of evangelism. So use the word of God as central to everything. When you come upon a question like, yeah, but I mean, I, 
I tried Christianity or somebody that I know tried Christianity or my mom or dad, they tried Christianity and then they just suffered. This is the number one reason people give for leaving the Christian faith behind. And it's asked with all due respect to those who suffer from a place of biblical illiteracy. So you share with them, this is actually what God said on the matter and it answers your question perfectly and it gives hope. Did you see this? We have an adversary, he's the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, but we're called to resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by our brothers and sisters throughout the world. The original recipients of this letter were under the intense persecution of Nero in AD 64. Listen to what he says next. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Okay. We saw this in Romans 8. We saw this in 2 Corinthians in our curriculum throughout the week that the eternal weight of glory far surpasses everything we face in this life. Will himself, God himself will do this. He will restore and establish and strengthen and support you after you have suffered a little while. Now the word little, a little while, this is from the timeless one, right? You remember our first sermon on, on uh, the timelessness of God? Ah, what he calls timeless, it's probably longer than you and I prefer, but let's be honest. If God gave us the option, how long would you like to suffer? You say, well, God, could you make it 30 seconds tops? Like that's no amount of time no amount of time is going to be short enough for our preferences. We don't want one second of suffering, but God's not slow as some of us understand slowness in keeping his promises. Right? He's faithful to us. And this promise that he will strengthen us, that he will establish us, that he will support us, that he will put us back together again after he's suffered a little while is a beautiful promise from God. In the final verse of the passage of the selection, in verse 11, to him be dominion forever, reminds us, like we saw yesterday, that the devil does have some degree of freedom. He's the spirit of the air. He's been given some freedom over this time. Yeah, but why does God give the devil any freedom, Jesse? Ultimately, all dominion is God's. God uses even bad things according to his good purpose. So ultimately, within the Christian worldview, there are no bad things because God uses even the bad things for an ultimate good that cannot be accounted for within any other religious worldview and certainly will never be accounted for within atheism. This passage is so dense to me and I have so much to say on this text that you gotta forgive me while I give just a quick book plug. We wrote a book on this, it's called How We Cast Away Anxiety and it's available on the resources page at jessiecampbellministries.com. I just, I just spent hours upon hours pouring over this text and trying to draw out everything that I could and I found that I couldn't even within that book but I did the best I could. How We Cast Away Anxiety is available at jessiecampbellministries.com. When you're practicing apologetics and you're confronted with the quote-unquote problem of evil, this is a beautiful passage to take someone to because there's no hope like this anywhere else in the universe. This is the reason for our hope. Share this with someone today. The conversations that you have apologetically and evangelistically have eternal ramifications. It's the most important thing you're gonna to do today is to share someone the eternal hope that's available only through Jesus Christ. Go share this hope with someone today. Are you ready? Go.